uh, first, before we get started with this episode, I wanted to say uh, thank you to the recording artist, uh, Lord. Lord did our, uh, you know, that dubstep intro. She keeps finding new ways to reinvent herself. Totally. I mean, you can't even tell it's her. You can't even tell it's her. I mean, she, I mean, it was not a cheap flight to fly her out, but, uh, you know, we spared no expense for this thing. And she doesn't care about the bachelorette at all. She just was thought our commentary was doesn't care about the bachelorette was a little scared of me when I approached her at the airport. Um, you know, Wait, speaking of airport approaches, mm-hmm. uh, do you have anything else to report to the podcast that might be relevant, Cole? Y- yes, I do. Um, <laughs> so people people who have been following my journey, have uh, they've known for a little while that uh, I actually kind of encountered a Bachelor contestant, Ryan, who uh, if in the last episode, you may remember him was the Boston accent guy who shushed Gabby. You're talking about Ryan, the investment director. Ryan, the investment director from Boston. Wow. Southie's own Ryan, best of Boston. I saw him in like the JetBlue area of um, of Logan Airport. Did he shush you? Uh, he uh, he didn't shush me. He looked ready to shush these other moms that he was hanging out with. Or, uh, hanging out, it's a loose term. They came up to him because they love The Bachelor. And he didn't want to talk to them because he's already out on The Bachelor. Is The Bachelor mostly like a mom's show? I remember it being like, you know, all the young people were watching it like when I, when we were in college. Right. Are we like getting on the train when, you know, it's about – it's dropped off nearly everybody? Or is does this season like revitalize Bachelor fandom? Like what's going on? It's an important question because I asked the JetBlue bag drop lady – who was around our age, and she said, no, I don't watch that show. I said, hey, that's a guy from The Bachelor. And she said, no, I don't watch that show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think Ryan's going to be, like, walking around being recognized. He just took, like, slightly too long of a vacation from his investment directing. Yeah, dude. I mean, he, you know, nobody's life has ever been ruined from a week and a half of television. Like, you know. I'm forever going to have Ryan in my heart, but like he's totally gone back to just being a guy now. I don't think he went on like one date. Yeah, that's true. He just kind of hung hung out with a TV star right. for like a hot second. Yeah, it didn't do that poorly either. I feel like, you know, <laughs> there were definitely guys worse than him at the same time as him. You know, we'll, we'll get into it, but like. It's cool that you met him. Yeah, it's cool that I met him. It's less cool that nobody else in the airport besides the, like, weird moms recognized him. Um, <laughs> Anna Riley, friend of the pod, she didn't recognize him. Um, oh, yeah. Anna Riley was there. Yeah. Anna Riley was also in the airport. Uh, <laughs> I had two two happenstance <laughs> interactions. I heard uh, from a mutual that she was there, and uh, she didn't come up. <laughs> Only you meeting the Bachelorette contestant. The, the hunky man came up. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty funny. I, I actually texted said mutual only the part about meeting The Bachelor <laughs> and not Anna Riley. <laughs> only the relevant stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about, you know, the the real stuff is that Ryan from The Bachelor is a meaningful person in my life. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it now. Uh, episode 2 slash 3 Megapod. Now, uh, loyal listeners will know August and I um, – just couldn't be fucked last week. <laughs> yeah, we don't miss many pods. We don't, we, we've only missed half of them. <laughs> right. We never miss an episode of The Bachelorette, Bachelorettes, but we do sometimes miss an episode of the podcast. We do. It was like, you know, there's a lot to catch up on. I personally have been watching the highlight tapes, so I'm, you know, I've been updated. Been yeah, had yeah. updates about episode two and three of The Bachelorette. Right, of it's, course. We're journalists first. We definitely took a lot of notes we have them all right here we just didn't update you last week on what was happening in this show aka the only job of this podcast exactly so rewind your brains it's two weeks ago there is slightly less drama yes we'll get to episode three which i think was an all-time banger yes episode two to be honest it got kind of taken over by one thing and one thing only there there the end of episode two got so weird that like it kind of overshadowed all of the normal Bachelor drama. And I, I would put the entire episode as kind of a eh, eh out of 10 for me. Basically what episode two served as was just a PSA. Yes. If you're seeing a mentality coach, mm-hmm. you might want to 
reconsider <laughs> because basically the goat of the episode was in the, in the bad way. Yep. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Um, Psycho Chris. Y- you may remember Chris from he won our award for fakest job last week because he was the mentality coach in a packed field, I must say. A lot of life coaches this year. A Quincy lot of, is a, uh, a life, life coach. coach, right? Chris is a mentality coach. Right. And those two factions, life coach versus mentality coach, kind of defined the second half of this episode. But Chris, our mentality coach, really just, you know, he brought the heat. He, he deserved to be on a short list with Cassidy and with Shanae from last season. A.K.A. the only two seasons that we have watched. That's right. Yep. Uh, in the all-time <laughs> ranking of these two seasons, Chris is one of them. Chris is in the list. Do you think, like, the trajectory is linear? So, like, you're a physical trainer, mm-hmm. and then you go get your degree and you become a mentality coach. And only then, once you've mastered that, maybe you become, like, a meditation guru or something. Right. Then you be- can become a life coach. Do you think mm-hmm. it's, like, that linear Pro- trajectory? Probably keeps going up from there. A metaphysical coach. Mm-hmm. A um, a football coach a after football that coach because that, oh. it's a complex game. Shouts out to Kirk. Yeah, Kirk he's is probably the most plugged in out of any of these coaches. <laughs> I like Kirk the most. Um, man, and so we actually looked into it. Kirk's been putting his name as a Kirk college football coach from Lubbock, Texas. Which there's only one college in Lubbock, Texas. It's Texas Tech. He, we looked into his website or the website for Texas Tech. He's actually a senior uh, offensive analyst. He's an analyst. Which, you know, <laughs> I got to be honest. among many analysts on this <laughs> season of the Patriots. Dude, if you asked a senior on Texas Tech, like, hey, you recognize this guy? Is he your coach? He'd be like, um, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the coaches. He's in the room. Yeah, yeah. You know, he uh, prints out stuff a lot. Uh, he um, sends us an email every once in a while about not leaving the locker room so dirty. I thought he was the long snapper week one. Yeah. Turns out he's not. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look different enough from us students that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, for, if we're giving out awards, can I give out my first award? Yep. Uh, most uh, look, I suppose you could call it the, the guess who lookalike award. Yes. Somebody who would be on the panel of a guess who game. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Kirk. Yes. I'm also throwing an honorary, uh, honorable mention out to uh, Avon. Avon does look like. <laughs> so let me explain this category a little bit. Yeah. this These are guys who look like the cartoon drawings on a guess who board. Correct. And it's very much a note when you see it thing. Because like you can't just go up and tell someone – you look like a drawing. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. But Kirk, he's got these crazy eyebrows and a kind of funny chin, and he totally looks like a character. Right. Yeah. And so that's going to be my first word. And I also want to just – can we just touch on the Chris thing a little bit more? Because that was a crazy scene. I, I mean I haven't even begun to touch on the Chris thing. Let's get into it. So he sits down, and I have some background info on Chris. I, I did a bit of a deep dive. You bastard. You got new stuff? I got new stuff. But so to recap the scene, um, Chris sits down with the boys, the fellas. Right. Um, Holding court. Yeah. <laughs> And him and Quincy are kind of going at it. Mm-hmm. And Quincy has the quote, he says something like, uh, you know, like I'm tight with everybody here. Like I get along with everybody, but like some people like, like you, Chris, like you have a way about saying things. And Chris is like, could you, could you speak more clearly? Be clear with your words. <laughs> and Quincy's like, well, like I'm going to speak to it. Like you spoke in the situation with the fantasy rooms and uh chris is like fantasy suites are you talking about the fantasy suites <laughs> and basically chris says um if there is a situation in which gabby or rachel had slept with one of the other men in the fantasy suites before him and didn't tell him he's like i'm not about that i'm out right which you know granted this was the sentiment that gabby and rachel kind of shared at the end at the end of last season chris episode two just sitting broad daylight around the table with the fellas. And he's like, yeah, if I'm one of the top three guys, I'm not going to like it if one of the two sleeps with the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every dude there pretty much universally said, wow, that's weird of you to talk about right now, man. We hate that. Yeah. It, it would be like if Baker Mayfield on the Panthers this year is just like, mm-hmm. 
you know, like if my defense had a you know, defensive lapse in the fourth <laughs> quarter of the NFC championship, I think I would try to leave the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's holding court in the locker room and he's like, hey, if Christian McCaffrey fumbles in the Super Bowl, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, bro, not dude, the time. Dude, you're, step one is talk to them. Step one is talk to the ladies, which Chris has done absolutely none of at this point. He comes in with all this confidence, like, not only do I know what's going to happen, I know how I'm going to feel about it when it happens, which is just absolutely psycho to me. And he just doesn't talk like a human either. He's like, when I'm expressing these words, I'm speaking clearly so you can (laughs) understand me. Yes. Man. Robot voice. He's a text-to-speech bot, dude. Yeah. A little too much mentality in in that voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that the Chris outburst kind of gave way to my favorite little subset of the of the remaining fellas, which is – I'm just going to call him Tall Blondie because I don't know his name. Tall Blondie and Quincy, who I'm going to refer to from here on out as the police. Uh, August is futzing around with his microphone. Yeah, sorry. I got a call. I wasn't sure if that would disrupt the recording. No, we're, we're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We we may have to Jamie dump that Jamie dump all that <laughs> yeah uh, please please bachelorette Jamie uh huh <laughs> Lord dump that Cole I've got uh, some background info on Chris that I want to uh, enlighten you on yeah please so not only is he a mentality coach mm-hmm. Chris has written two books let's fucking go <laughs> book number one <laughs> his name is uh, uh, I don't remember his last name I think it's oh Chris P Austin crispy. Yeah, his name yeah. is Crispy. Crispy Austin, dude. Crispy Austin. <laughs> I'm going to call him that for the rest of the episode. Book number one. It's just a just a kind of a blue cover with text. He has his own website. It's called Become Your Best, Mastering Confidence Through Six Phases of Quotes and Notes. Quotes and Notes. Become Your Best. Become, dude. Become Your Best Through Quotes and Notes. Six Phases, man. Do you have any of the phases on hand? Uh, I'm going to have to purchase the book. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's a lot about like writing stuff down. I can give you the synopsis if you'd like. Please. Uh, inside this book are the coaching secrets that have created breakthroughs for thousands of satisfied clients. What you are about to experience is the culmination of 12 years of intensive coaching practice that have changed lives for the better. This book reveals crispy Austin's <laughs> teaching process in a simple and effective style. In his greatest coaching achievements, Chris's clients have become their best by mastering six concepts of self-actualization. Blah, 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 blah. Get your pen and pencil ready. <laughs> Man, of all <laughs> – there are a lot of self-help books out there, and this is one of them. <laughs> this certainly is one of them. Dude, I, I this, this colors in his behavior so much more because, like, he basically attacked the whole, like – the, the whole Gabby, Rachel, what if they sleep with someone else problem? Like, it's like a math problem. Like, that this, that's this guy's whole thing is that he just has this kind of weird calculated vibe to everything that he does. And, you know, obviously the fellas hated it. I, I thought one of the highlights of the episode was Quincy, Blondie, and one other dude. They, they like, they pulled together and made, like, a little team to take down Chris after his outburst. Which I'm I'm gonna call them the the police officer Quincy officer Blondie and officer the third guy Blondie uh, you're referring to his name is uh, wait I have it here I mean I've been Jordan call- H Jordan H that's right you want to know something about Jordan H he looks like Campbell Smith that's who he looks like he does look like Campbell Smith and number two uh, his initial like bachelorette candidate posting like his uh, bio basically was Mm -hmm. jordan h 35 is a software developer from tampa florida he thinks edm is ridiculous oh it's this guy and he is quote (laughs) not your stereotypical let's grab a drink kind of guy so for the note taker of chris to go to the uh let's not have a drink kind of guy and start talking shit about gabby and rachel being like i hope they don't sleep with these other men that was a misstep from the mentality coach. Absolutely, yeah. So we got life coach and software developer teaming up as the detectives that get to the bottom of this Chris issue. They go as like a team to Gabby and Rachel, tattletale on Chris and say, 
hey, Chris is acting weird. We're police officers and we like to tattle on people. And they, they basically sink Chris before he can even have a conversation with these ladies. And they, they confront him. And Chris basically just belittles and like is like super weird to the two of them. And they kick him out pretty much on the spot. They fucking destroy him, dude. I honestly, Two on one. Dude. So It was a fast break. We led to yeah, an alley-oop. We, we talked about this on the last time. Whenever both Gabby and Rachel are talking to you as, at the same time as a person on The Bachelor, you're completely screwed. Like You're done. Just like, get out of the fucking way. It, it didn't work for Roby. Didn't work for the twins. Chris gets absolutely annihilated in a way that I don't even think we've seen since Clay. Clayton at the end of last season got pretty eviscerated by Gabby when Clayton tried to do his, you know, whole I will, I won't BS thing. And it was just good to see Gabby back on her shit, honestly. And the funniest part was Chris trying to come back into The Bachelor. So after he left, he just strolled right back into the mansion while they were doing some other shit and like tried to invite himself back and explain what was going on. Yeah, we've had a few people on this show this season in particular try to like undertaker them way themselves back into the the show. That's right. It has it's not a strong worked. move. I it, I'm not going to say that it hasn't worked. We're going to leave that for the second part, but there's an asterisk to what you said, but in general, this is like the worst shit that you could possibly do. You gotta think Jesse would shut that down too. Like if anybody tried to oh get back God. into the show, like there's only so many roses. I think it's literally against the rules. So I don't know what he was trying to do there. Yeah, bouncer, bouncer Jesse would have absolutely bodied Chris. Chris was not a built up guy. Um, so yeah, rip Chris. You uh, are now on the short list of goofy people to do goofy things on this show. And uh, before we move on from two, I, I uh, before we move on from Chris, I just want to add one more nugget about his second of two books. Oh, let's fucking go. We think yep. we know Chris. There's one more layer. Mm-hmm. His second book, you couldn't guess in a fucking million years. It's it's called The Way, a Hawaiian <laughs> story of growth, relationships, and volleyball. Come on, it is a narrative about a Hawaiian volleyball team that works together to be the greatest volleyball team of all time. Dude, that is so funny. <laughs> Just a total non sequitur. The greatest volleyball team of all time? I gotta be honest, you could show me, like, uh, you could show me the best documentary I've ever seen about the greatest volleyball team of all time, and I'd be like, oh, cool. I, and that's like <laughs> yeah. a one-hour documentary. I would not sit through a whole book on that written by a crazy person better read than becoming your best but yes. it's very weird well at least he didn't tell me to take notes like this volleyball <laughs> team is so good you're gonna want to get out your pen and pencil to write down stuff about it just a perplexing human uh mm. little things that we should touch on on to the the date gone wrong with rachel oh sending uh uh verstappen home yeah so what's uh, his name yeah this is jordan jordan v jordan h is the police officer guy <laughs> he's not a real i should say i should i keep calling them police officers no, nobody on this show is a cop don't you dare grab a drink with jordan jordan yeah. h dude <laughs> hates hates it when chris is wilding out and hates edm and grabbing a drink with a lady. Uh, but no, Jordan, the the normal Jordan, got absolutely chewed up on a one-on-one -on -one date. So they started this date out flying a zero-gravity plane where you get to fly around in midair. Which, like, I gotta be honest, you could put an absolute, like, dud of a guy in that scenario, and it would be all laughs, man. That'd be so fun. I can't imagine starting the date out making out while suspended in midair experiencing free fall you're experiencing zero gravity and smooching at the same time yes you're kissing a uh, you're kissing a woman who's like kind of in the bachelor hall of fame for kissing too like this is rachel we're talking about she's she's kissed you know i don't i mean last season that was her claim to fame was kissing all the damn time like when the producers gave her this task of being on an airplane they were like yeah, it's going to be cool if she makes out a lot on the plane. Yeah, and then to not bring that home for the, the proverbial wheels to fall off. Dude. I think he brought up like yeah. Yeah, his divorced parents and <laughs> Rachel was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to step away. Okay, you're done. 
Goodbye, Jordan. Dude. Goodbye, sweet guy who just kissed me while suspended by gravity. It was like Rachel. It was like Rachel lost all respect for him when he just wanted to talk about his parents. And like he was a super sweet, sincere guy. Nothing that he said was off. She was just like, I just I can't see it. I can't see it. And I don't want to string him along. And that was the end of him. He got the first one-on-one for Rachel out of the entire season. She chewed him up after one one-on-one and said, eh, not happening. Brutal. And Brutal the, way to the go. Fun, the funniest part, you know the part of The Bachelor where they hire a lady singer to come in <laughs> and sing to the couple while they slow dance? They, they, of course, still had to put her on because, you know, these things are probably done by contract. So they just shot a montage of Rachel walking around a big empty room while this singer sings like a pretty like happy love song. It was absolutely bonkers. So anyway, the the slow song, the empty movie theater where they were eating dinner, it was just a bizarre scene all the way around. We had Nate crushing with Gabby in oh episode two. Yeah. Not a ton to talk about other than Nate continues to be a chill guy who likes to hang out nailed basically the classic bachelor date combining two just all right the Mm -hmm. producers don't know what to do put you in a helicopter and we'll bring you to uh, an outdoor hot tub yeah fucking nailed it oh by the way we had champagne before (laughs) you're gonna have a good time i'm gonna say like okay between last season and this season the over under for gabby hot tubs i mean we've already had two Last season, she was in an outdoor hot tub with Clay. This season, she was in one with Nate. Do you see another Gabby hot tub? I mean, just because it's such a formula move? It could definitely happen. I mean, the Vegas odds are like, probably what, like plus 120, yeah. you know? I mean, like, it's clear that they love putting this girl in this situation. Um, and I got to say, Nate played it even better than Clay did, in my opinion. He had um, the champagne that you put little like strawberries and fruit into. That was sick. I really liked that. Um, obviously, the helicopter ride everybody loves. So it's just a really cute date. And I loved watching Nate talk about his uh, his little daughter. His daughter and Gabby was totally chill about it. Gabby handled the um, contestant confession yes. a lot better than Rachel. It was yeah. a lot – I mean it was more of a sweet confession. Like I have a daughter and she means the world to me. How are you not going to take that well? That's, that's sweet as hell, Nate. Hey, guess what though? I thought Jordan's thing was sweet too and Rachel inexplicably hated it. Jordan just didn't have the sauce. He had no sauce. You're right. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's He's a, a race car driver without sauce. How's that possible, dude? <sighs> oh, man. I mean, I can name a couple. <laughs> <laughs> there are there guys in Formula One who are just like total you know, nothing burgers, so to speak? Yeah, this is a little non sequitur, but there's a guy named Lance Stroll whose father actually owns the team. So he's a huge dweeb. He's Canadian, and he has a voice that kind of sounds like this. <laughs> So I'm going to say that that's a race car driver with zero sauce. I would love if we had a candidate who just spoke in an inexplicable tone. Oh, my God. <laughs> they did such a good job not casting one of those. I didn't even think of that. I will say the guy who's closest is, do you know who Gabby gave her rose to on the group date in episode two? I, I bet do. you won't. I do. You do? It's Johnny, and he looks like uh, he looks like uh, Roman. Roman Roy. Yeah. <laughs> From slick, Succession. Slick hair Johnny. And I think it was right after she got rejected by one of Rachel's boys. So, like, Gabby tries to cozy up with a Rachel boy. The Rachel guy's like, ah, I'm kind of into Rachel. And after barely talking to Johnny, Johnny just gets a rose. Johnny gets rosed after like five minutes of conversation. Every time Rachel, like, it's like, who's going to get the rose? And they just keep showing like Quincy and Ethan and whatever. And Gabby's (laughs) like, Johnny. And I'm just like, who? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? And then he always says the same thing. Episode two and three, you got a rose. He said, she's like, "Uh, Johnny, will you accept this rose? And he goes, of course I will. <laughs> that's, that's just he's, what he sounds like. He's so Roman. Like, yeah, of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what Johnny's bringing to the table, but Gabby sees something. Um, yeah. And then the last thing on episode two, unless you've got other stuff that I wrote down, was that maybe an ominous foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan kisses both of them and is kind of playing for both teams here. That's right. I actually had a, a whole section in my notes called Pimps and Players, and it was headlined by Logan. By all means. Yes. So uh, 
he got a rose from Rachel, which absolutely frustrated the shit out of Gabby. Because, I mean, early on, one into two, we felt like he was a Gabby guy. He's funny. He's a charmer. You know, they definitely had some chemistry. Logan must have off camera just made his intentions pretty known. Because Rachel gave Rose and Gabby was like, what the hell is this? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had other other ones for, um, you know, pimps and players. Episode two, we got dual kisses from Mario as well. Oh, yeah. And Mario, like, I mean, he was the very first impression Rose for Gabby. I had marked him down as a Gabby guy a million percent. But, like, in the middle of episode two... He lifts Rachel up and starts doing presses with her. And like, you know, you know, and meanwhile, during this scene, they had a, a hilarious shot where, you know, that rack focus thing where they can go fuzzy to clear. They went clear on uh, Gabby and Alec, dangle earring Alec, you know, the very metrosexual guy that we talked about earlier. And then rack focus to Rachel La- like bawling laughing while Mario's be- like pressing her and you know doing doing some squats with her in, in his arms. Isn't it kind of funny and reassuring that uh, literally bench pressing a lady yeah. kind of gets you to the same place as Logan, who's just kind of being endearing and goofy? Yeah, man. There's many many ways to honestly that makes me feel good as an endearing and goofy style guy. Like, oh yeah, man, this is my bench press, you know. I can, this is my lifting a lady above my head, you know? Is making silly comments. Is being a, a goofy, silly guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, I, I had both of them down as pimps and players for uh, kind of frustrating the frustrating the two of the Bachelorettes. Um, I had one more category that I'm sure you forgot about. The post-credit scene was, I mean... I'm going to start before the post-credit scene, but we had meatball moments in this episode. We had serious meatball moments. I think going forward, every episode, I'm going to call out the meatball moments. They, they might be coming to an end pretty soon, which would be tragic, but we don't know. We don't know. So meatball, for they had a strip show, which was pretty uneventful, except for the fact that meatball poured marinara sauce all over his chest sensuously for the ladies. Uh, this is, I mean, a meatball that's basically just wearing a Speedo. They loved it. Yeah. The ladies were not afraid of this. The ladies didn't hate this at all. And, like, I think Rachel had some little smart comment about, like, I wouldn't use canned sauce. But everything else about it, the ladies were like, yeah, meatball. He went for the joke, poured marinara all over himself, and he fucking made it to the next round. Meatball is, you know, he's pulling a St. Peter's here. Yeah, 100%. And I, he continues to make it through over these fucking hunks, for lack of a better word. Dude, there are so many, there are so many guys that, you know, that see the, the chubby Italian guy and say, come on, this guy's going to need a gimmick to get through. And Meatball... He had a gimmick that absolutely demolishes everybody. He keeps going back to the meatball well, and it keeps working. I, I love meatball. I want him in my life for four more weeks. Yeah, imagine following meatball's epic joke of marinara and just juggling while, like, semi-naked. It's like, all right, you, you're, you're going home. Yeah, man. We're keeping the funny guy. Yeah, Whether fun. it's the producers <laughs> or us, we're going to keep meatball around. Yes. But, like, I feel like watching... Gabby and Rachel react to Meatball. It seems genuine. I think both of them seem pretty impressed by what he has to offer. I, I think part of it, too, Rachel we know is Italian. Gabby, I think, might be a little Italian. Could it be that Italian dudes just have sauce that we don't know about? So, uh, sauce, pun intended. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty to go off of yeah. <laughs> this season uh, as far as uh, just normal Italian dudes. So we'll see. We'll see how they continue to do Yep. Should we get into just Three. an amazing episode? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we, we kind of hung too long on episode two because we liked three better. Um, so let, let's go over some of the big moments from three. Um, I think, first of all, this was this was the Shaky Gabby episode. If I had to categorize this as any type of episode, Gabby was not on her A game this week. It was not a great showing. I mean, even from the start, you had a very inoffensive scene mm-hmm. where Gabby surprises the bachelors. They're all hanging out outside with cameras on them, probably prepared to banter with each other. Right. Which I don't know what that looks like now that Chris <laughs> B fucking psycho is gone. Right. Yeah, man. I think that this is a pretty chill group of dudes 
Besides Quincy, I don't know many guys that really stir the pot too much in this group. You know, even Logan kind of knows how to hang out. Yeah, they all know how to hang out. They're having fun. And then Gabby comes along and is... She surprises them during Rachel's date. Right. And they're like, oh, Gabby, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, what do you guys do? And they, I think the literal quote is, yeah, we, we just hang out. We throw the football sometimes. Football comes out. They start throwing it around. Yeah. Ethan and Jordan play a little game of uh, what's that? What's that game? Is it fifty? Uh, we call it we call it three flags up. But yeah, what's the one where you toss it up in the air and you like get fifty fifty? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're pounding around. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of names to the same game. I also want to give a shout out to Meatball and Ethan for like really going at the ball too. Meatball threw a nice spiral. I watched it over again. Yeah, man, that guy has skills beyond the culinary space. Clearly. Now, we're going to find out that Ethan – or sorry, Meatball – I mean, the reason he put Meatball Enthusiast as his uh, job is that he's like a NASA pilot or something. He's, <laughs> he's just been so good at everything he's tried here. I think he's in real estate. And while we're on the topic of Meatball, <laughs> Cola, I've got a segment for you. Yep. Uh, we do this sometimes when we're <laughs> off the pod, and now we're going to take up as much time as it needs on the pod before it becomes really excru- excruciating. You might already know. Okay. Cole? Mm-hmm. Guess Meatball's real first name. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to preface this. It is a normal name. Okay. Um, th- folks, this may take 25 minutes. This may be all we have for episode three. Uh, John. No. Um, Ryan. Incorrect. Brian. False. Steve. Wrong. Um, Michael. Uh-uh. Uh, uh. Steve. Uh-uh. I already said Steve. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> um, shoot. Uh, Charles. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Jim. No. Jimmy. No. James. Yes. Oh, thank God. Meatball's okay. name is James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for listeners, August gave me a knowing look after Jim. So that's... <laughs> It's pity. It's yeah, pity. It cool. was pity. It, it's a very normal name, though. Yeah, well, well done, though. I think that was sub ten guesses. The listeners will let us know. Yeah. Are you counting the two Steves as separate guesses? Uh that's just uh, I, t- folks. Error. Today's don't know how to act. Moment of the week actually belongs to Cole. Oh, none no, of man. the yeah, none of the bachelorette candidates. Um, I had Gabby's don't know how to act. So, dude, she blew it. I mean, they're tossing the football around. <laughs> she just, you know. It's like a throwaway line, but, you know, Meatball drops the ball and she goes, fumble, I know what that means. Yeah. It's like, all right, Gabby, you know what, maybe this social situation of you talking to like 24 guys at the same time and being disappointed at how that interaction goes, like not getting the fulfillment you want socially out of that, maybe that, right. some of that's on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a very relatable thing for a lot of people to go and try to hang out with 24 people all at once and strike out with all of them. That I mean, I just think that the whole thing was in on – some producer should have stopped Gabby from trying that because – no dude is going to go ISO in that situation. No dude is going to be like, I got to put on a show for Gabby because you're one of 24. It's like the equivalent of like freshman year in college. If you were to just like, you know, the first year when everybody's hanging out in the common room trying to get to know each other, the little yeah. lounge. Oh, it's yeah. like the equivalent is if you walked into a random lounge that you don't live in like oh, first yeah. week and you're just like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, that's probably not going to go great. Right. Yeah. What are you guys doing here? Uh, this. We're hanging out. Yeah. We're all kind of hanging with each other. And then cut away to Gabby being like, nobody's putting effort into this. Yeah. She was so sad about this. She was, she really let it get to her that the boys didn't want to entertain her. And like, I don't know, man, how long over under do you think she stayed at the bachelor mansion trying to hang out with the guys? It didn't seem like long. I mean, she just left, left her jacket there. Yeah. Took her jacket off and just put it down, you know, as it looked like a nice jean jacket. I'm going to say that that was maybe 15 minutes round trip. I don't want to make this crystal clear to the listeners. This is a pro Gabby podcast. Right. Yeah. We From the start. Literally day one, we loved Gabby from like the Clayton season, probably like as soon as it started whittling people down, like, Everything that Gabby did, we supported and enjoyed in the last one. This this one episode, she just was not bringing the heat at all. Yeah, I mean, not nearly enough to decrement her from beautiful angel status, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful human status, you know, yep. however you want to phrase it. But mm-hmm. uh, 
it was a bad episode because it just kept going from there. I mean, then you had the situation um, where likely the producers sent three straight Rachel guys to go hang out with her one-on-one. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there was a cocktail party where it was there was no, like, rules or structure to the thing for who hangs out with who. And Gabby basically invited the three worst Rachel guys to all come and hang out with her. And they all declared their intentions in varying, like, ways. Where the first guy, the Nick Mullen style guy, um, aka Charlie from It's Always Sunny, aka uh, what was he? Uh, John? <laughs> Is he? No, Tyler. 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 I think his name's Tyler. Ah, dude, this podcast is going to get so much better when we know everybody's name. I know. <laughs> well, we're getting there where it's it's doable. Tyler was so nice. He let her down like a feather, dude. He was so kind and was like, "Hey, look, you're great, and I've really enjoyed the time I've spent getting to know you." But I have to be real with myself and say that I'm with Rachel. And right. Gabby was like, wow, that was so mature and nice. And then immediately following that. Hayden. Hayden. Who, you know, he, I, I still think Hayden is a sweet boy. Oh, know? man, I think he's a villain. You think so? I think Hayden's an absolute villain. He looks like a despicable guy. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, you're more like sweet and bubbly Rachel's, you know, Rachel, and you're a little more rough around the edges, and oh, she did yeah. not like that for good reason. Yep. No, yeah, no, it was an absolute foot and mouth moment. I'm willing to give him the benefit She's of- She's like, like holding back tears too, dude. Yeah, man. You know what? No, I, I, I was going to try to make it a passionate defense of Hayden, but honestly, screw that guy. That was pretty mean. Yeah, and like- You just don't have to say that. You don't have to say anything about the person that you're saying no to. And you can keep it all on yourself and just say like, hey, look, I've had a great time hanging out with you, but I've got to be real with what I want and just leave it right there. You don't have to say any characteristics that you don't like about Gabby in this scenario, dude. Yeah, that was a textbook overthink. <laughs> Is that the textbook overthink of the week? Um, yeah, I'm probably going to give it to Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Shortly after. Right after Fabio. Jacob, Jacob, a.k.a. Fabio. Yes. So Jacob, um, he's a jacked guy, not the most jacked guy on this on this season of television, but he does have long flowing blonde hair. He uh, he broke up with I say broke up with like they'd even talked to each other at this point. He did the same thing as Hayden, where he let Gabby down in a really rude and weird way. Do you have any do you have any highlights from that? Yeah, he goes, uh. You know, even if you were the only one here, I, I probably wouldn't stay. It's like, you don't have to include that, dude. And dude. then after that, he follows up with, he's like, obviously, you're a fucking smoke. <laughs> like, he actually said that while being filmed on The Bachelorettes. Yeah, man. What are we doing, dude? Dude, my 16-year-old brother could probably break up with his girlfriend better than that. <laughs> like, that is just an absolute L of a conversation. What are you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's like as if the cutaway would go to Gabby and it's like, well, he did call me a fucking smoke. <laughs> I didn't know I was beautiful on this show until uh, Fabio told me after shortly after breaking yeah, up with me. Until the weirdest guy on this season told me. Fucking he was, weirdo. He was super weird. So they had two they had two different strip show type events in last week and this week. And Fabio, like, of you know, this guy's pretty in love with himself. He opts for... You know, some people literally in the second one just go for a normal suit or something for the photo shoot, and he puts a leaf over his dick and then <laughs> just stands around flexing. And, like, meanwhile, the guy who won this event was Nate, who, like, just put on a suit and told Gabby how he felt, which, again... And kissed her in front of everybody. Dude, beautiful, beautiful Nate moment. Great speech from Nate. Nate... From the heart. He, like, he literally said, like, I, I want to share my life with you. Like, he was being so, so sincere. And, you know, meanwhile, Fabio has to make this all about, you know, making the rest of the fellows look at his balls and ass, you know. Yeah, not a good read there. And so I'm confused. So it they cut it together. Were they like – so that was a cocktail party for Gabby, but they ended up in the same place. Mm -hmm. Was the Rachel SoFi Stadium, uh, Avon, was, is his name Avon? Avon? yeah. Was that affair going on at the same time or like what's going on there? So that was going on at the same time as Fabio breaking up with Gabby. So 
the two cocktail parties were like the big outdoor thing earlier and then the stadium thing, which I think there must just be little alcoves that they were filming inside of in a luxury box or something. Yeah, we're the real fans of the LA Rams yeah, uh, watch the games. Yeah, yeah. Loyal listeners know there are no fans. The trick question. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I think um, that whole SoFi Stadium moment was pretty cursed for our girl Gabby. Yeah, and Rachel was having a great time. Again, Dude, Bachelor producers moment. have no idea what to do. So they're like, all right, uh, football stuff. Even I'm pretty sure you have nothing to do with football. We're going to bring you to SoFi Stadium. You guys are going to play the fake tackle football, you know, guy-girl thing. Right. Oh, I'm going to tackle you. Oh! Yeah, yeah. It, it Honestly, we've seen many iterations of it. This one wasn't that bad. I mean, uh, it was pretty easy. I think Rachel was just pumped with Chardonnay. Yeah, man. Having a great time inside of SoFi. You um, know what? Yeah, I think a lot of people could figure out how to have fun with a pretty lady inside of SoFi Stadium pretending to play football. My take was I would – and I think I would literally do this if I was in this situation. I think mm-hmm. I would uh, make Rachel uh, just hold long field goal kicks for me as I tried <laughs> from different distances. I don't think that would have gone as well, but it w- is what I would have wanted to do. You know what though? This probably isn't a Rachel thing to do, but a mischievous girl like Gabby – that would have given her the opportunity to do the Charlie Brown joke where you yank the football and then you could go and pretend to fall on your back or something. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd be that so. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, I'm at the 45. I'm going to try to hit it within the 10-yard line. <laughs> I'm going to try to get good field position with this one. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Just making her go fetch the ball for you. I didn't know you kicked in this game. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't. I just, my house isn't near any goalposts, so I don't get to try it that much. <laughs> yeah. But that was a, yeah, great, great outing for Rachel. Pretty mm-hmm. tough outing for Gabby, who ends up not giving anybody a rose. Power move from our girl Gabby. Yeah. Well, there was another Gabby. She did give him the rose, but there was a Gabby, a, a Gabby shaky moment with uh, Erich. Do you want to, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Because oh. it, yeah. It had a lot of symmetry with what went wrong with Rachel and Hayden. Hayden? No, not Hayden. Jordan. Right, where it was just a dinner date at the end. And then one person starts talking about their feelings and the other one flips out. The other person, not even flips out, just kind of like doesn't really know how <laughs> to react. react. Gabby's basically, her whole point was, I don't know if I'm like cut out to be the bachelorette. I feel like I have more baggage than all of the other bachelorettes, which I don't know to be true. I haven't watched the other seasons. Yeah, right. I mean, Clay had zero baggage. Looks like Rachel has pretty much zero baggage, right? There wasn't any moment where she opened up to Clay. No, not that I remember. And Erich's basically chief fault here was that he was just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, yeah, I'm just here to just kind of explore like where this goes, you know, and she's yeah. like bawling and has to, it's tough when you find more consolation with the producers than with the guy across from you and the lovely wine dinner date. Like all he had to do is reach out, hold her hand, console her. And, but she, he still got the rose. He got the rose. I think Gabby probably came back into that date with a better attitude after having talked to the producers, but I don't. I mean, again, maybe I'm not an emotionally plugged in person. I don't think I saw Erich do anything wrong here. Like, Erich basically reacted, like, just kind of trying to listen. And Gabby, you know, came in with all this anxiety, like, oh, my God, is he going to think I'm too broken? Is he going to think I'm such and such? And she just kind of stormed out on him. And I think, you know, whether it was the producers talking her back into it or her just collecting herself and doing the right thing. I kind of side with Erich here being like, yeah, look, like I've met you a week ago. This is a little heavy, you know? Right. No, that's very fair. We're in, we're in pretty deep and I'm going to try my best, but I definitely need to take this in a little bit, you know? Yeah. And Erich, who uh, I've identified as basically discount Bradley Cooper, Uh um, you know, it's following a date where he had to put the time in with the grandpa, who's a great figure, great character to throw in on the show. Oh, my God. Kind of an yeah. icon. Uh, he, so that's the other thing is that he put in all this time doing like a weird yoga meditation session with the grandpa. I was going to bring that up. This is the biggest uh, sort of smorgasbord of what are these activities? They do like <laughs> they're like, all right. 
Uh, ready for your date with Gabby Erich, finally? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to drive with her grandpa and her to a sound meditation. Yeah. The grandpa's going to be doing bits during it. Right. It doesn't look like you got very much out of the meditation. And when Gabby was meditating on her own lack of readiness to be the bachelorette, you were just kind of looking terrified. Mm-hmm. And now you know where you're going to go, right? To yeah. the bowling alley. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You go now to the bowling alley. We're going to set the grandpa up so you can smooch her and have the uh, award of. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Clayton guy of the week. Yeah. Clayton thigh touch of the week. Yep. I think it was a tasteful thigh touch. To- I mean, you got to keep it. You got to keep it G rated when the grandpa is around. Although the grandpa, they did find a sweet bowling lady for him to flirt with, which, uh, you know. Gotta say, didn't have that on my uh, predictions for this week. Was that we would find a grandma in this in this episode? Yeah, we somebody found love. Yeah, in this week's episode, and that was Gabby's grandpa with uh, the woman identified as I think she just called herself Grandma. I'm Grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, the thigh touch I thought was tasteful, especially for the fact that there was like a row. They were on a high top seated next to a row, so the thigh touch was actually concealed from the grandpa. Right. But the fact that it was a thigh touch in a crazy location, which is at the bowling alley with your grandpa, means that Erich is the Clayton guy of the week. Congrats, Erich. Congrats, Erich. And honestly, I think if Clay were pasted into his seat at the dinner with Gabby, where Gabby kind of cried and freaked out a little bit, I'm going to say that Clay would have done the exact same thing. That would have been a Clay. Clay would have probably (laughs) spent more words on it doing like a, wow, it's crazy how you've opened up to me. Wow. And then he would say the thing that he said from last season, Clay, like very built, uh, <laughs> kind of no problems kind of guy. He'd be like, you know, back in the day, like I was so concerned about my own uh, body image growing up as just a normal white dude who played football and yeah. seems to enjoy himself. Uh, I think I I had struggles too, actually. Right. He kind yeah. of relate it back to himself, I feel like. Dude, between the two examples, I actually like would much prefer to hear Erich's kind of like sincere, quiet response. And the funny thing, after Gabby came back, Erich started talking and he was saying some good stuff. And Gabby just kind of climbed onto his lap and did a little cry hug thing. Yeah. Which I thought, I mean, wouldn't have been my move, but it was pretty sweet. I thought it was cute. It was salvaged. So then we have the ongoing theme of three guys mm-hmm. uh, choosing Rachel over Gabby. This is a new thing for this season with two bachelorettes. Right. And we kind of circle back to that in the opposite. We're like, after Gabby and Rachel talk with each other about this and how it's going to work in the end, it kind of gets flipped on Rachel. Uh, maybe can you just walk me through your reaction to kind of the cocktail party and Jesse coming in and kind of laying down some news? Oh yeah. So I had this down as my Jesse moment of the week for sure. So Jesse comes in immediately says the ladies have canceled the cocktail party. Oh, <gasps> Not the cocktail party, no! I would have been excited for cocktails. Dude, I would love to sip a cocktail with the boys. Screw the girls. I want want to hang out with uh, Logan. I want to hang out with Logan and Mario and enjoy a cocktail. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen what what cocktail all the different guys liked going into the rose ceremony. Some of these guys, like what would Termaine would have been drinking, you know? Termaine, is that a Jameson ginger ale you're drinking over there? (laughs) You dog, you. I, I... I thought that you were a mimosa guy. <laughs> and for that reason, you're moving on. Yeah. So Tremaine was the... I who? Mean, yeah. <laughs> he was the who of the week, for sure. Because first two episodes, I can't recall him being in them. I, I just swear can't. to God, he just showed up. Yeah. Tremaine, I don't even remember his entrance. Do you want to hear something about Tremaine? Yes. Give me information. Um, Tremaine, <laughs> I, this is going to color your perception of Tremaine. He, he kind of is. A not, I kind of understand why they weren't showing him a bunch. <laughs> Tremaine's bio, who made it to fucking episode three. Tremaine, 28, a, quote, crypto guy from Naperville, Illinois, who Come is, on. quote, looking for a loyal woman who can discuss NFTs with him. Come on. That was the bio he submitted, dude. Crypto and NFTs? Dude, you're I mean, first off, NFTs and crypto tanked the second he got off of this show. <laughs> I know when they filmed this, he probably wrapped in May feeling like, "All right, at least I got my crypto and my NFTs." 
And then the next two months were absolute carnage for him. Dude, Gabby and Rachel dodged a bullet. There wouldn't be that much to talk about with NFTs by the time uh, they would have settled down with Tremaine. Dude, could you imagine if he was one of the final four and that was a drama in the show where it's like, oh no, one of the four guys is broke. <laughs> <laughs> He's now deeply financially insecure. He spent all of the money that he had unrelated to The Bachelor on a gorilla picture that's worth nothing. <laughs> yeah, we met his family now, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, he bet wrong. Yeah, they're all, like, dealing with way bigger stuff than his love life right now. Because he spent all the money on uh, ape images. So we get to the rose ceremony after oh. Jesse decked out in his perfectly fitted long-sleeve oh, cotton yeah. shirt. Jesse, I mean, Je- Jesse is the dapper king, man. He he shows up and, you know, I think every dude with an ill-fitting suit starts to sweat a little bit. You know what I mean? Jesse, who we've recently learned was a quarterback in the NFL for both the New York football giants and the San Francisco 49ers. That's right. My two roommates <laughs> who have watched now like a season and a half of this show's favorite sports teams <laughs> – and they didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know, you son of a bitch. I didn't know. You're you're absolutely right. Um, if I can defend myself at all, which I don't expect you to let me, but he did not play it down for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I believe he was on the payroll for a total of three weeks. I think he has a play. In 2005. Oh, no. Maybe. No, that's on the he Giants. Ha- he that's has nice. actually like close to a season worth of plays for the Giants. I'm going to say that he has eight games, six started, and two of them in like injury relief. Or maybe I mixed up the numbers, but he has like a um, – Oh, what is that guy? Like a Nate Sudfield level career with the New York Giants. So I just want to throw something out there. Uh, Recently, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers said, we're moving on from Jimmy. This is Trey Lance's football team. We're going to trade Jimmy. Yep. If that doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. Jesse Palmer is actually younger than Tom Brady. What? He is 43 years old. Dude. If you need a chiseled veteran who would undoubtedly be great for the locker room. I mean, you think of the nutcases that Jesse has handled before? Yeah, I mean, you think of Chris? Chris is a tougher customer than anybody in any NFL locker room. For sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Jesse's skills of reading all these incredibly attractive uh, women and men and all of their social interactions, you're telling me he can't read a secondary? Listen, I think if I had to pick for who's going to be my senior offensive analyst – for my, for my Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders, I don't think I'm going with Kirk. I think I'm going with Jesse, yeah, the guy with some real NFL experience. I am going to have to watch Jesse Palmer highlights on YouTube later. Yep. But so Jesse breaks it down. Hey, from now on, you got to be in one camp or the other. This is a, a Gabby or Rachel situation. If you accept a rose from one of the two, that means that you are out of the running for the other one, which I mean – for dudes like Mario and Logan and sneaky kind of Erich prior to episode three, this is devastating. All of our certified lover boys, for which this show is named, are pretty on the hot seat. Because, like, I mean, Logan, has there ever been a guy who played both sides harder than him? No. and I, Sorry, Clayton. Clayton is the guy who played it both sides. Yeah, from the other <laughs> side. But Logan, I immediately thought of Logan where I was like, who is he going to be gifted the rose from? And if he denies, can he then get picked? He would have to have gotten picked. He's too good a talent. Literally, yeah, man. By the other Bachelorette. Dude, this is this is the Jaguars passing on Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions being like, oh, shit, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll take Logan. Oh, I guess you are going to freak out and take the wrong guy. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, we didn't get to see a moment like that. Rachel zeroed in on Logan, probably a correct read, and Logan accepted. Um, I, I got a discussion question for you. Yeah. Do you think that Logan, if Gabby presented him first, would have said yes? Yes. Absolutely. Think so? I think Logan is playing the game the perfect way. Where, like, he foresaw, granted, I think Logan was chosen after... Termaine, maybe? Termaine. We had three Bachelorette contestants. Three of these boys were chosen by Rachel 
and they said no. Yeah. After three boys confessed their love to Gabby for Rachel, we now have it going the other way, and they're on Team Gabby. So it seems to be like kind of even, and these girls are just picking the wrong ones maybe. I mean, I think that that both both Gabby and Rachel probably deserve a DKHTA for this because they wanted this situation, and the situation ended up biting them back where they picked out guys, and the guy said, Look, you made us choose, so I'm not choosing you. I'm choosing the other one. So who did Rachel pick that? You mean Gabby? No, no, no. no. It is Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who did Rachel select to give a rose to? It was Termaine. Termaine was one. It was Meatball. Meatball was two. Who was the third? I had Alec as the third. Ah, okay. Alec. and Fancy, fancy outfit Alec. I think all three were then eliminated from the show that's right yeah so all three said it couldn't be me i will not accept a rose from you rachel because i'm for gabby and i think they were thinking that gabby would then choose them but i think that shows gabby and rachel's bond gabby did not double dip which i think she might have for logan which would have been really dramatic logan is the obvious double dip and if rachel had gone and picked like a mario like another front runner style guy I mean, the other one that could have crossed over for me, like, Avon's such a cutie. Avon's such a winner. I he's, think, a, he's a Rachel guy, though, through and through, you got to think. I mean, the Rachel date went well. So, yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm just saying that, like, there's guys that were playing both enough. And, and not even in a douchey way, just in a, hey, this guy's charming and likes everybody, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, all of the awkwardness happened on Rachel's side, which I thought was hilarious. And then all three of the guys that stood up to Rachel, did not get an invite from Gabby. The most surprising thing about this whole process of giving out individual roses for each girls and they only, for each bachelorettes, and they only apply to that specific bachelorette is that Jesse throws in this rule, like without us knowing, where basically if you give a rose, if Rachel gives a rose to Tremaine and Tremaine says, I'm here for Gabby, Jesse then walks out with the rose and there's just fewer people going forward. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's right. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I almost wonder if it's to prevent a sloppy seconds thing where it's like, how awkward would it be if we had to watch Rachel go, Tremaine, no. Okay, meatball. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that you're allowed to swing and, emit, to swing and miss and go again. So even though this led to less guys in Rachel's camp, I think the final number was pretty even. Yeah. Between the two camps. Is it because Gabby didn't give out uh, because one Gabby of her roses? Yeah, Gabby did not give out one of her roses after the SoFi Stadium thing. The rose algebra is a little tough to track, being honest. Yeah, they don't do a good enough job showing us how many there are. That's the real thing is that they're little and hard to count in this season. And, uh, you know, I think um, they like the ambiguity. Like if a producer snuck an extra rose onto that table – after the, after the third rejection, we would have never noticed. We totally would have missed that. So I think the best moment to me of this season is our elation at Meatball being chosen. Meatball oh. might make it to episode four after being almost a shoe in to go out. Like he's kind of, he was kind of coming in in the Roby tier, right? Yeah, man. So we were, I mean, when he rejected Rachel's first offer. That was crazy. Like we were standing up being like, whoa, Meatball, <laughs> Meatball. Meatball seizing the power on this show. He is a man dying of thirst in a desert. Sees an oasis and is like, oh, I actually, I, I like not Aquafina. my Yeah, not my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding out for some Poland spring water. Yeah, it is crazy. He took the ultimate gamble and then lost all three men sent home. Yeah, well, that's right. Gabby picked another who? Gabby picked Michael, uh, guy that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah, just unknown guy. Unknown guy. I think he might have been one of the guys to object to Chris, but I hadn't seen him in anything other than that. Um, I suppose we'll get to know him and fucking Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Gabby is picking all the mysterious men. (laughs) We're just, who are these guys? Ethan's mysterious. Um, I think Alec, no, Alec didn't get picked. Um, 
Hayden got picked. That was a little weird. Yeah, the vil- I think Hayden will Hayden- be a villain. Hayden was mean to Gabby, and Rachel was like, eh, he's still pretty, you know, he's still good. I'm into this guy still. Yeah. That was kind of not a girl being friends with each other moment. Yeah, that's true because uh, Fabio was a dick to Gabby and then Rachel didn't pick him despite Rachel having great interactions with Fabio and, you know, him looking like Fabio. I think that's kind of the correct read. I think the behavior from Fabio was a little more egregious and a little more don't know how to act. Definitely a miscalculation to be acting weirdly with one of these women being shaky in like a mean way because it's going to come back to gabby or rachel you know what i mean they talk 10 times a day bro what are you doing like these girls are friends with each other and don't know you you can't be a dick to one and nice to the other one you gotta kind of be logan and be really friendly to both and then when meatball i think is at the peak of his heroism as Mm -hmm. you know he rejected rachel was (laughs) being sent off the show he He got rejected by gabby gabby did not want him and so he's, yeah. he's leaving the show now. Right. And he could have had uh, a hero's death. But in the post credit <laughs> scene, yep. he chooses to walk back into the mansion or I guess takes Rachel outside and basically pleads, <laughs> hey, like, I said I was here for Gabby just because I've spent more time with her. Like, <laughs> you could be cool, too. So if you picked me, like, maybe there's something here. And then cut to black, the ultimate cliffhanger. How's yeah. that going to – are we going to get to know next episode? We have to know. I mean honestly, I I, I got to be honest. I know producers do little fake outs like this, but I saw a beard that couldn't have been anybody else's in the little previews for next week. It couldn't have been uh, Earring Metrosexual Boy? I don't think so. Huh. I don't think it could have been him because it, it was a chubby-ish face. And a black beard on white skin. I swear to God, if Meatball makes it to the next episode, I will be so happy. That is like uh, just an insane turn of events. I think he's doomed. I it think was he kind of unretiring. That was what it felt like. Yeah, it was like that one NFL game where the weird rule kicks in and the refs go to the center of the field and they go, "Technically, the game is over. End time." <laughs> and I think that's what happened to Meatball. Yeah, but I mean. You look at the the storm back in that Chris did versus this one. It's clear that Rachel like kind of is into this, right? Like, because if it was a, if it was a Chris situation, Meatball would have gotten told off. Yeah, but, Meatball was being pretty sincere. He's like, I picked, but that was just because I've like hung out with her more. I yeah, don't he know. said that it was like a snap decision, and that he didn't really think about it. Which is honestly, that's kind of how you do it. You kind of say like, hey. I reacted weird to a weird situation, but I kind of want to try this, right? Yeah, and for Meatball, that's how the pasta has been made so far, is just by going with his gut, pouring marinara all over himself, embracing his own being. He is self-actualized, Meatball is. He's the best life coach that you could possibly have. Yeah. And and he's dominated both post-credit scenes. We didn't touch on this, but episode two – Post credits was just thirty seconds of him eating meatballs with the two girls and hanging out, which I gotta be honest, that is such a powerful moment, man. He's an electric factory dude. He's everything that Roby should have been. Yeah, Rip Roby. Rip. I put it in the description of the last episode, but Rip Roby again. Roby, I think, is gonna be name dropped in every episode of this pod. Yeah. Um. All right, so I know we're approaching on time here. Do you have any predictions based on what you saw or anything else to to touch on? I got a prediction. Okay. Logan is going to falter. Yeah. We are going to see a – They basically showed that. I don't know if that's a prediction, Cole. I think, we, <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. I think we had a cutaway to Logan being like, I'm actually here for Gabby. Yeah, man. It's just kind of the classic Bachelor like, okay, <laughs> we know that plot point. They showed the ending battle of the Avengers where they fight in the field, and now we know a fight <laughs> in the field is going to happen. Uh, but, like, you also know they cut together last season's one to make it look like Sarah made it into the final two, and actually she was not at, she was not anywhere close. Was that a Logan deepfake? Is that what you're telling me? I think that they deepfaked this, dude. I What if Logan What if Logan flips out in, like, episode four and he's an early out? You know how much of a frontrunner Sarah looked like early on with the Clay season? I think Logan totally has the potential for a blow-up. So I'm going to say it's not going to be a Logan moment of weakness where he turns to Gabby. I'm going to say that it is a Logan self-immolation 
where he does something to completely blow up his chance. That would be tough, man. That would be an upset for sure. I think that there is a good chance that in like episode eight of the show, Logan says, yeah, I think I'm just into tabbies. She's like, oh, that's the kind of cat that you like when I ask that question to you right now. And then they just did some weird editing thing to just make it interesting. Yeah, that that's pretty funny, man. I <laughs> Is it? <laughs> um, you know what? I was kind of giving you one. The, yeah. the Tabby's joke actually didn't do it for me. Yeah, no, not a good joke to to end the pod here. All right, give me give me give me one prediction, and then we'll get out of here, man. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that the my one prediction is gonna be Quincy's making moves, dude. I yeah. don't have to define it anymore. The guy to watch, I've been watching the tape, been watching the film. The guy who pops off the screen is Quincy. And he hasn't been that relevant other than being the, the policeman for Chris. Right. Crispy, the life coach. Crispy. Sorry, not the life coach. Quincy's the life coach. Crispy, the uh, mentality, mentality coach. <laughs> um, yeah, Quincy's going to make moves. Those moves will be made clear by episode four. Yeah, I think he's definitely got a kind of um, Donald Rumsfeld in the movie Veep style brain. <laughs> where he's just kind of maneuvering like crazy at all times. He's got full-blown agendas, and uh, he's taking someone down. He's he's Mara 2.0. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, I think Mario's playing checkers. Yep. Logan's playing chess. Quincy's playing reversey. <laughs> yes, he is. Anyone played reversey out there? Yeah. I like re- – I actually – fun anecdote. My girlfriend and I played reversey on the Cape, and I absolutely smoked her. Unsurprising, dude. You're very good at reversey. <laughs> And that'll do it. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. This has been Lover Boys. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>